Fantasy Focus. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. It is Tuesday, October 31st. It is Halloween. Happy Halloween. And I am joined here by Stefania Bell and Field Jade. Stefania, how are you doing today? I'm fine. You're fine? I'm just fine. You ready for you ready for Halloween? I do. I had enough scariness in my life on Sunday. I wow! All right. Back. By the way, um, Daniel, just a, a quick temperature check. Like approximately how many degrees was it out this morning in Connecticut when you woke up? Like thirty-eight. Okay. Yeah, I think that might be generous. Yeah, yeah it was very. It might have been chilly. more like twenty-eight. It was very chilly. I'm wearing I'm wearing a, a sweatshirt right now. Mm-hmm. And I thought about having an overcoat over this sweatshirt <laughs> because it's freezing in Connecticut right now. It is. Meanwhile, Stefania. Got the gun show going Sleeveless. right now. Sleeveless. Stefania, how do you do this? Turn up the temperature in the studio. Oh, wow. You wow. guys know this. You That's know how that works. Now. Hey. Look, I had to go. You guys did Halloween yesterday without me. It's fine. But, you know, so I so at least had to go this. with like the color scheme. Okay. Ah. Okay. All right. That Damn, makes I sense. Field in that regard. What else is new? Uh, I'm really excited actually about tonight. Do you guys, Stefania, do you give out full size candy bars? I would assume being Starfine, you give out full size candy bars. Full size candy bars, but we leave, we leave because Rico it's too traumatizing. People come to the door. Plus, the neighborhood, like the kids are cute. You want to go out and see whatever exactly. Doing. We have yeah. a good, we have a good neighborhood Halloween. So situation. we we went out and we got a bunch of candy. So okay. my son is is nineteen years old, yeah. and I love Manny, but like he doesn't he doesn't hide away from sharing his feelings when there's something that mom and I have done that's very boomerish. Hmm. <laughs> Apparently, we bought a bunch of boomer candy that we did not realize. Where oh. he was like, "Why are you buying Laffy Taffy? What's the point of you realize that?" Laffy Taffy is not something children want nowadays. And so now I feel like I've got to make sure that like I'm living up better to my son's back. expectations. Yeah, you better Ooh. get back to the store. Yes. You can get it on discount now, I think. So hurry up. <laughs> that actually is a good call though, because like, I think we all have, it, it seems to me that there's a fairly close universal acceptance of the best Halloween candies. Like the short list I would say is probably led by Reese's peanut butter cups. Absolutely. Those are so always it, good. It seems like, like that's almost, you know, right especially. Yes. Yeah. 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 So like, <laughs> what else is there? I would argue that that's the end of the list as well, but you have a couple of, you know, Milky Way stands and there are people that love yeah. Snickers, yeah. you know, like some Milky of the Way. old faithfuls. Right. But there are also some candies that when you come across them at a house, I hope that you're polite enough to at least knock on the door and say trick or treat. But once they offer you said candy, yeah, you just turn around. You say, you know something? I've got a dentist appointment tomorrow. I'm going to pass on this one. <laughs> and the number one, the, like, the, the absolute number one candy that you pass on when it's, when it's shared your way on Halloween. There's no, there's no debate on this one. Uh-oh. I, I might have a debate, but let's yeah, see what yours is, Field Jakes. That I see regularly. Okay. I'm not talking okay. about some obscure candy that you only see like once every 10 years. Whoppers. Who likes Whoppers? You don't like Whoppers? I like Whoppers. Oh, what is wrong with yeah. you guys? Whoppers? They come in the little yeah. ba- in the yeah. little box and everything yeah, like that? box. Yeah, kind of like Milk Duds would come in a box. Exactly. Yeah. No, Whoppers. Ugh. Don't like it. Not no. your thing. Give me all the Whoppers that sure, Kinley take picks them. up. All right, so what's your in. candy that you hate, Stefania, when you see it? Was you like, I'm out on this one? I, you know, I don't, I'm not a fan of the fruit candy. Like, I'll enjoy a Starburst, but I don't want hard candy. Like, no, okay. I'm not hard a hard can- candy. Hard candy's a boomer uh, thing, too. When I was growing up, there was so always no the one taffy. house okay. that gave out apples. I was like, no. no I got, I got Again, raisin, raisin boxes. Right. There was actually no. Yeah, no. So. no raisin box. I'm here to tell you right <laughs> now. Even if you're the dentist in the yes. neighborhood, do Don't not do give it. out Talk raisin right. boxes. You know, I that actually, is just, you know, that you're asking for trouble yeah. later if you do that. We uh, had someone in our neighborhood last year give out apples. That person's now in prison, but last year it was just disgusting. I mean, it was just, it was offensive. Yeah. An it, apple. Pixie sticks. Do they still do that? I think they do. We, we used yeah. to get, uh, I think the they pi- do. Yeah. Okay. Too, yeah. I'm out on banana. No, I pixie sticks. Banana yeah. Laffy Taffy is my least favorite of them. Of the like, Laffy Taffy? I would agree. Taffies, yeah. So yeah. Like I'm the Laffy Taffy. I wouldn't object You've to getting that. You've got weird taste in candy, apparently. Whoppers and Laffy Taffy? Did I say Reese's was number one? You did. No, okay. that's true. Okay. Like, right. I mean, you know, I were, yeah, but I mean, if if you're a sweet, you're probably going to make it in my book. I think Unless you're a connoisseur you're a hard candy, of, of the sweets, goodbye. Stefania. That yeah. is why. I'm not a big Nico Wafer fan for what it's oh, worth either. I mean, that's by far the worst. <laughs> okay. <laughs> by right. far. But, my but. dad loves those Well, shout out to Papa I Bell. Know, but that All right. also tells you how old they <laughs> yes, are. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And that's the thing, though, is that like when you they get were like, a, like during the war. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Right? But those aren't frequent enough 
anymore because yeah. I agree. That's like by far that that is that is even worse than Whoppers, yeah. which is saying something. Because Smarties. every time you pick up I, Smarties, I like they're yeah, okay. But they're they're kind of in that old candy. Yes, they yes. are. Ugh. Yeah. Anyways. All right. Okay. That's football. so much fun. Glad we got that out of our system. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit of football. We got a fun show today. We're going to talk a little bit about Monday Night Football. I can't wait to dive into that. We got a little bit of injury news. Stefania's going to make a sure that bit. we are all, unfortunately, more than we want. Make sure we're all set to figure out what we need to do within the waiver segment. And then we're going to close the book on week eight, looking yeah. ahead to week nine. Let's start, though, Field. We had a signing a couple weeks ago. I asked you on this very show. I was like, hey, we've seen a bunch of running backs get hurt. A ton of running backs yeah. have been out and we have not seen any movement on Leonard Fournette. And you're like, yeah, well, this is sort of where we're at right now. Finally, here in week eight, after Damian Harris goes down for the Bills, we see that Leonard Fournette signs with the Buffalo Bills. What do you think this is going to mean, not just for Fournette? It doesn't feel like it would be a ton of value, but how is that going to impact James Cook? Yeah, so let's start here. It's week nine of the NFL season. Mm -hmm. Almost halfway through the NFL season. Mm -hmm. Zero teams had been linked to Leonard Fournette other than the Buffalo Bills in incredible ways so far this season. All right. He went and worked out, I think, for the Patriots at one point back in the summer. Yep. But it's been a long time since anybody had Leonard Fournette on their radar. Awesome football player for a long time. He is Lombardi, Lenny, and well-earned. But when you're available until week nine, it does not mean that you will have any standalone value unless everybody else in the backfield gets hurt. Yeah. What this means is that it's going to become more annoying for the other backs that we are already rostering That's from this it. Buffalo backfield, That's what which I is led want. by, of course, James Cook. And also Latavius Murray. We're now a year and a half into the James Cook experiment. And as much as we want them to be great, want him to be great, there are just too many limiting factors for James Cook to reach that consistent ceiling. So yep. uh, he's on the practice squad right now is Fournette. Wouldn't surprise me if maybe this Sunday, maybe the following Sunday or the week after that, he is elevated to the Buffalo Bills practice squad. I'm sorry, to the active roster from the practice squad. His greatest strength probably right now as a player is catching the ball. Mm-hmm takes away some opportunity from James Cook there. This is much more an annoyance for James Cook's value than it is a boon to the standalone value of Leonard Fournette. I'm not adding him in any leagues right now. I'm just a little bit more frustrated about James Cook, who there have been some encouraging signs. Still a super efficient runner and has had some big games in terms of number of rushing attempts, but the chance for a bunch of passing game utilization and the chance for touchdowns have both decreased with his Leonard Fournette signing. He's so explosive, too. That's one of the things that's tough is you look at him and he's just got so much juice in his game. Not Leonard Fournette. We're talking about James Cook. <laughs> yeah. Just talking uh, about James Cook. Stefania's eyes got real big I when I said that. I was like, are we talking about the same so Leonard Fournette was back in like coming out of college and Jacksonville, maybe, and even then, not so much. We yeah. love, I love everything that we talk about when it's James Cook, right? Because he is explosive. You can see the speed, you can see the quickness, you can see the shiftiness in his game, but there's just not enough volume here because they spread the ball enough to a, a number of different running backs. So, yeah, and Josh be Allen got you know, had a design run last week for a touchdown. So, oh, we see a little bit more of that. of that. You don't need any more of that? Or you I do? don't. Well, I mean, you not do. if you're a, if you're a James Cook manager, I don't need right. any more of that. Yeah, but like course, everyone yeah. else, yes, yes, I'm all in on that. So, uh, you would say though, like, imagine if it, if like back in, I don't know. June, you said like the biggest competition to James Cook's carries and workload during the upcoming regular season were Latavius Murray <laughs> and Leonard Fournette. You'd say, okay, that means good things for James yeah, Cook. I'm all in on James Cook field. Yeah, not That's so exactly much. what not I would have so said. so much. All right, let's move ahead and talk Monday Night Football. You guys ready for this? Are you ready for this, too? That's you? the more important uh, yeah, question. Yeah, I know. Really, I mean, I feel like we should just yeah, open you, the floor to you. I mean, you take a moment and just appreciate your team. So here's what I'm going to say really quickly. And we're going to talk about this a little bit more on the score report. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, there was a lot of chatter in the beginning of the year about how the Lions wasted this pick on Jameer Gibbs. You guys remember? What are we doing drafting mm. a running back so mm. early? Oh, you should have taken Christian Gonzalez, guys. Mm. Oh, man, Jalen Carter would have been really good for your team. You already got David Montgomery. What are you guys doing? What a stupid decision. Mm. Boy, here we are now in week eight, and this does not look like a stupid decision. Can you imagine what this running back duo is going to look like when David Montgomery is back and healthy? Jameer Gibbs almost out, like, are yardaged the Raiders by themselves. <laughs> yeah. He had a hundred over 180 yards from scrimmage. The Raiders barely had over 200. It was the Jameer Gibbs show last night. Dude showed us everything that we have been waiting to see. It was the quickness. It was the elusiveness. It was the deep speed. He's a great pass catcher. He runs through contact. So many things to be excited about for he Jameer Gibbs. He gets up in the stands with the fans. All the way up there. All like, the way up. Like, I, they were like, come on back. They are like, wait, please, back. please, we still want you. So unbelievable night for Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. So yeah. unbelievably thrilled. And 
even when David Montgomery comes back, hmm. I'm pumped to be able to have these two guys rotating back and forth, being fully healthy, and knowing that they are both going to be in a spot where they're able to just be well, that one-two punch. Yeah, I think that's exactly what happened was Jameer Gibbs sort of earned that rotational yes. role. And we Dan Campbell's been pretty transparent about this. I feel like I think his optimism is sort of where some of us who drafted Jameer Gibbs in our fantasy uh, leagues thought – we were going to see more of him sooner, but he was very clear uh, recently about just sort of what he was watching him, how he was watching him develop. And then after the game last night, talking about seeing it and look, running backs, you you can't necessarily, you, you have a pair that you can rotate as long as the pair is healthy. Yeah. But we, we know that that's not necessarily always the case. So he can clearly handle the load if it's required of him without David Montgomery, who by the way, just to update, rib cartilage injury. Now that the Lions have a bye in week nine, there's a chance he comes back in week 10, but he hasn't practiced at all yet, so we won't really know until we get past the bye week. Here's what I think we know right now, is that when one of the two is available, you've got a top five fantasy running back. Yep. They get the job done in different ways. Gibbs, the more explosive and better pass catcher. David Montgomery, who can handle even more carries than Jameer Gibbs, who had 26 last night, by yeah. the way. But David yeah. Montgomery can consistently push for 30 carries. The question that I think people are now asking is, what does it look like when both of them are back on the field? Obviously, when they had the two of them early on in the season, it did not slow David Montgomery down at all. The guy was consistently mashing. The problem was it totally suppressed the ceiling of Jameer Gibbs. Have the past two weeks and potentially another game if David Montgomery is not available in week 10. Will that be enough for the Lions to say timeshare upon his return? Because if it's more like a 50-50 split, as opposed to one clear-cut starter and one clear-cut change of pace, then we're talking about probably still probably two top 20-ish backs, but neither of them would be a top five play in a given week. That, to me, is what we're going to have to find out once David Montgomery returns. And my instinct would be that Jameer Gibbs is going to play a whole lot once David Montgomery returns, because in an offense that is, of course, very good, but still maybe a playmaker or two short consistently... That playmaker or two wrapped into one could be Jameer Gibbs. Yes, I'm totally with you on that. I said to start the season, just like last year, these Detroit Lions had two top 25 running backs. I said that again coming into this season. They are going to have two top 25 running backs again this year. They did this, by the way, with three rotational linemen. We only had our two right tackle, our right tackle and our left tackle. That was it. But we had a backup right guard, a backup center, and a backup left guard out there, and we still dominated, by the way. Craig Reynolds looked fantastic as well. Not the only yeah. one that looked great out of the backfield. Week 10. Yeah. Against the Chargers. I cannot <laughs> wait. Hey, this was great. We needed this to be able to get healthy. That's what uh, we need all that. Now, quickly, the rest of the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff. Jared Goff was fine. Not great for fantasy for what we needed, but to be able to run this Lions offense, it was great. The reason why it was okay with me is because he got both Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta involved for us fantasy managers. Those two guys looked fantastic. It is such an easy tree to figure out who you want to start here for this Lions offense because Sam Laporta is locked in at the tight end position. Amon Ross St. Brown is a top 10 wide receiver. And right now we got two really good running backs once David Montgomery comes back. These Lions are very exciting to be able to watch on the other side of the football. I was just going to say props to Amon Ross St. Brown. Everyone who has him Fighting in fantasy, through. super appreciated. He just got added to the injury report on Sunday. Yes. With an illness. Didn't look ill to me last no, night. No, he did looked not. really mm. good. This uh, Raiders offense looked ill to me last yes. night. Yes, it did. And you know something I was thinking Sad. about this uh, this morning and then reflecting on the game, even when watching it last night, is we've spent a lot of time on this show. We're not alone in this regard by any stretch. Um, keeping a certain energy about the way in which the Atlanta Falcons rely upon and utilize their players who are high pedigree. Yep. Let's be clear. Devontae Adams is more accomplished and a better player than anybody that the Falcons have on their roster. But those guys, fourth, eighth, and uh, seventh overall picks, uh, certainly in the case of Kyle Pitts and Drake London especially, have been underutilized. And it dawned on me this morning, as Devontae Adams now has 142 receiving yards over the past four games. Wow. Four. 142 receiving yards, zero touchdowns for Devontae Adams. He had one catch for 11 yards last night. That we need to keep the same energy about how he is being utilized and relied upon for the Las Vegas Raiders. Wide receiver 61 over that span field. Wide receiver 61 over the past four games. Well, and we might be talking a little differently about him last night if he'd had a couple. There were two opportunities for big plays with touchdowns where he it was thrown poorly. Yeah, well, so that's so maybe is, but so definitely the quarterback play has been concerning. That stretched over multiple quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but 
Like at the end of the day, you make a guy the highest paid receiver in NFL history for a moment until the Tyreek Hill deal got done. And this is what you're getting out of him over the course of four games. Like I get it. Quarterback play is going to be a part of it as well. No doubt. And I'm not um, absolving the quarterbacks of their responsibility in this matter, but four games and 142 receiving yards. That's 35.5 receiving yards per game for Devonte freaking Adams. That's not, there's gotta be a way I watch offenses every single week, rely upon guys like Cooper cup and Stefan Diggs and Amon Ross St. Brown, Tyree kill the guy that like, if I were a defense, I would just give him the Calvin Johnson treatment every single week. These guys produce and show up. You cannot do this with Devonte Adams. Nope. And by the way, this one stretched to Jacoby Myers again last night. Those two guys were in witness protection program. They had a combined two catches for 30 yards. Can't do it. Devonte Adams is way too good. And this offense is way too bad. Like if the if the if the Raiders were going off, maybe the conversation would have a slightly different tenor to it. They're one of the worst offenses in the NFL. I believe I saw this <laughs> accurate tweet from Mike Clay that there are just two offenses in the NFL this season. Yeah. yeah. That have you- not scored three touchdowns in a game this season. The Raiders and the Jets. Chew on that one for a second. And just <laughs> imagine an offense. With Devontae Adams. And Josh Jacobs. By himself. Like, he's a one. Yeah, of course. Right. Like, you've got Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams. By the way, every time I watch Michael Mayer, their second-round pick, I think he should be playing more as well. I agree. Tight end. And he's a Myers, he, Myers proved himself last year. Oh, it's my gosh. Like he's he looks great. Either. Yeah, Myers is a good player. He got $36 yeah. million this offseason. He's a legit player, too. Like, I just can't get it. The energy needs to be. We need to have the same energy for the Raiders. And uh, so, what are you going to do about it? Right now, as far as fantasy is concerned, Devontae Adams is way too freaking good for me to ever bench Devontae Adams. He's going to be inside my top 20 of wide receivers again this week. But think about that. He's going to be inside my top 20, inside my top 15. I think I have his wide receiver nine in my initial week nine ranks. Okay. Devontae Adams should not be a player that we're talking about as he's likely inside my top 15. It should be, is he wide receiver three? Is he wide receiver four? That's how good he is. It's very frustrating right now. And I don't think this is a Devontae Adams issue. He did have a drop last night and he had a drop last week against the Bears as well. For the most part, I don't think this is a Devontae Adams issue. I think I'm with you, Field, this very I, much. I, I, Go ahead, I was just going to say they look out of sync. I mean, that, that, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, that's very, it, it, very it, it, yeah, I'm being generous, and it's not every play, but they look like a team that hasn't practiced together, which they really haven't. But everything is off. Timing is off. I mean, their protection is off. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's throwing is off. Their utilization of their pass catchers is like it's across the board systemic. It's not like there's one problem for them to fix. But imagine if you're the Raiders defense Mm. and you're feeling the same way we are about what you're seeing on the offense. I mean, their defense, I give them a lot of credit for how they played last night. But at the end, were they just not exhausted? Because when Detroit started to pull away, that game was close for a while. That game, they were still within reach. And then the defense was like, uncle. Like we've, yep. yeah. we've been out here so long. We, we, and so the game looked different in the score, but it was actually oh, it wasn't, closer it wasn't. than you thought. And yeah. the defense actually had goal lines up. They kept Detroit to field goals for a while. And in spite of the fact that it was closer than what you thought, I thought it was interesting that they scored 14 points. They only got one offensive touchdown because they had a 75 yard pick six from <laughs> yeah. Jared Goff. Right, right, right. So like that, right. the offense was even worse than what you thought it was because <laughs> right. they did not score one of those touchdowns. So. Right. This Raiders offense is so difficult and frustrating right now. I feel bad for Raiders fans that have to watch this because you got a lot of resources here that we really love. It just doesn't feel like they're being utilized the way that, you know, we want them to be utilized. All right, let's move ahead and talk about the injury reports to So stream the Raiders defense and avoid anyone playing the Raiders defense. (laughs) I was just going to say, like, maybe just stream the defense that is facing the Raiders Raiders right now. They play uh, week nine. I just had this queued up too. I forget who it is off the top of my head. So my bad on that one. Um, That's a great question, Field. I can tell you right now, in week nine, they play the Giants, 425 p.m. Oh, yeah. The Giants are at the What's the over-under in that? Did you guys see that um, Excuse me, Northwestern Iowa in college football this weekend has apparently the lowest over-under in in record for a college football game? What What is is it? it? I can't believe it. 29 and a half. Stop. Very low. I can't believe that's the lowest on record. Though. I know. There, I'm, I'm surprised I'm it wasn't like, yeah, yeah, ahead. right, right, right. <laughs> maybe it's uh, Army, Navy games. Know. Maybe it's power five conferences. The way that it was phrased was yeah. lowest ever. What is the over under on the Giants Raiders this weekend? Probably around that. But that Giants defense is legitimately <laughs> yeah. a, a, a top streaming option for this weekend. Yeah. Even after their trade of Big Cat Williams yesterday, that Giants defense has not been the problem. So maybe the over under won't be that low. It'll just be defensive scores back to back. Yeah, that's what maybe. it is. Yeah. 
we were doing some live line, just like made up live lines in the war room this past week. Cause and at like 10, seven, I asked, as anybody want, if I give you a 23 and a half over under, does anybody here want the under other than me? And people, ah, maybe 23 points in that game on Sunday, 23, yes. 24 so points. No, I mean, no, I'm no, I'm no, <laughs> no Tyler Fulgham, I don't right? know. I don't know. No, no Aaron Dolan, Tyler Fulgham. <laughs> Joe Fortenbaugh style here. (laughs) All right. You can help set the lines. Let's dive into this injury report heading into week nine. Stefania, we're going to start at the quarterback position. Matthew Stafford, unfortunately, day-to-day with a UCL thumb sprain is what I was told. I'm an idiot. Will you tell me what a UCL (laughs) thumb sprain means? I will. Okay. So uh, here's your thumb. Okay. Fingers. Okay. Uh, The UCL helps. uh, It's like a check rein for the thumb to the hand. So when your thumb gets pulled away from the hand, you can tear this ligament, which is runs from basically the base of your thumb to the first metacarpal, which is this big bone here. Okay. So uh, anyway, you can get a little tear of that ligament and it creates instability in your thumb. And if you saw Matthew Stafford, his thumb got caught in the helmet of a Cowboys defender and his thumb went exactly that direction, pulled, he immediately was in pain, tried to stay in, uh, ended up scoring on a two point conversion, but hurt his hand when he hit the ball to the ground, grip, obviously difficult when you have this kind of injury. Uh, there's, if you look at what Sean McVay said, you can actually kind of pit, you know, work your way through the language and figure out what happened here. Matthew Stafford had a thumb injury when he came to the Rams. Daniel, you might be the only one that remembers this. I do, remember um, it. do you remember that he had surgery in the off season before he played that first season? I do remember Rams. that. Yes. Yep. So he played the back half of his final season with the lions with a torn UCL, which again, just put that in the Matthew Stafford hall of fame list of playing through injuries. He goes to the Rams and they get it fixed in the spring. And uh, so it really went under the radar because he came into the season with no restrictions as you would expect, given the nature of how the repair for this works. It also so happens that the Rams hand consultant is one of the premier hand experts in the world who's operated on Drew Brees and uh, Russell Wilson and a number of others. And so I know that when he repairs UCL, he uses this internal brace, same kind of structure that we talk about with Brock Purdy in the elbow. That is an incredibly strong construct at the thumb. We don't see it get injured often, but When you have the kind of forces that you have in the NFL, who is to know? When it came back that Matthew Stafford had no issues on his scans, there was no reported fracture, they're calling him day-to-day, it means everything held up. So that is a great test case for this to say, hey, everything held up from that repair he had back in 2021 to today, and now he's literally day-to-day with just, that means resolving swelling, resolving pain, able to grip the ball. Looking at the Rams' schedule, they play this week, and then they have a bye. It's going to be tough for him to be football ready as much as he wants to play through. you got to be worried about controlling the football and protecting the football. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he misses this week and comes back after the bye. So they have Brett Rippon as their backup quarterback. They reportedly were set to sign John Wolford off of the Bucks practice squad, and then Wolford like, no, decided good. that he was going to stick mm-hmm. around, which can be interpreted in a lot of ways. It could be as simple as like, John has life reasons why he wants to stay in Tampa. Maybe he feels he's developed there. Maybe he likes the area. Whatever. There are a lot of reasons why it could be. It could also be that John got the sense, and I'm, I'm not saying I know this for a fact. It could be that the, the Rams kind of indicated, hey, you know, we don't think this is a long-term thing with Matthew, which would kind of align with what Stefania just said. So we'll have you back for a few weeks. If you're signed off a practice squad, you get three weeks of pay guaranteed, and then a team can subsequently waive you. Let's talk about the pass catchers, though, because that, that, I think, is what matters most in this fantasy conversation. If it's Brett Rippon, it's a discounted version of Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. We were just talking about Devontae Adams. You can't fall that far in our rankings, but this would end up being, this reminds me of shades of what we were talking about when Joe Burrow was uncertain to play early in the season for Cincinnati. They actually played the Rams on Monday Night Football, and it looked like there was a chance that Jake Browning would play. You're still playing Cooper Cup. You're still playing Puka Nakua. But the chance for either of those guys, much less both of them scoring 20 points in a game, goes down dramatically with Brett Rippon. The good news is the volume is going to be there still, right? Because this offense is more than any other in the NFL focused on two pass catchers. But maybe this is just me getting this all off my chest at the same time as the person in the War Room League who (laughs) has Patrick Mahomes, Cooper Cup, and Devontae Adams. 
Yikes. Oh, I'm this coming so salty. All right. Maybe this is me projecting my Cooper uh, Cup and Devontae yeah. Adams frustrations out into the air at it's the okay. same get time. Get it out, Phil. Get it yeah. out, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, you are not like, with, without those two, without uh, Matthew Stafford, like it's a very less certain outlook. Uh, you are banking strictly on the fact that the volume should be excellent for Cooper Cup. And you hope that with a full week of practice, Brett Rippon, if he does in fact start, at least has a bit more confidence. But we'll also keep an eye out as to whether they add a third quarterback this week, which would seem to be another sign that Matthew Stafford could be uncertain for week nine. I th- and they play the Packers. They're at the they Packers. Do. I, don't, I don't know what to make of that defense yeah. anymore, by right. the way. Like, yeah. I think they have some really good pieces. I think they've had moments where they played really well, and they have moments in which the defense has kind of kept them in games. But when the offense is anchoring you so much, like the Packers offense is, as we saw last night with the Raiders, like the defense might be good for a half, but if the other team's putting up points or you're not putting up points yourself, that defense might eventually regress. So it's not the matchup that necessarily scares me. It is definitely the quarterback play that has my expectations lowered for both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. Very quick, because this has nothing to do with fantasy, but I think if there are people out there, they are thinking to themselves, why are we talking about Brett Rippon? This team drafted Stetson Bennett out of Georgia to come in and be the guy. We have not talked about him on the show. So just letting people understand, like uh, there's a report here, obviously has been dealing with an illness. Sean McVay has said it is unlikely that he will be back with the team this year, which is why Stetson Bennett is not one of the guys we are talking about. Just in case you were curious why we are talking about Brett Rippon instead being the guy that is replacing Matthew Stafford. Mm. Uh, let's move ahead and talk about Kenny Pickett. Stefania had a rib injury, left the game le- late in the first half. What can you tell us about? Yeah, Kenny? if you saw it, he looked to be in a great deal of pain, hard hit late in the second quarter and left ultimately uh, didn't come back. And Mike Tomlin yesterday saying that it could come down to a game day type decision. They play on Thursday night. So it's a short recovery window. But Tomlin said the door quote is definitely ajar. So I think this is going to be a pain tolerance issue and functionality. Can he play effectively despite having suffered a rib injury just four days prior. And I think we talked about this yesterday, Field, even if he is out, the idea that at least it's Mitchell Trubisky behind him makes me feel a lot more confident in this offense and these pass catchers because Kenny Pickett has not looked good up until this point. And you know, as crazy as this sounds, and I am not starting Mitchell Trubisky in any leagues by design this week. <laughs> sure, sure. But let me tell you this. By design. Let me tell you this. I love that. Four teams on a bye. Yep. And yeah. some bad quarterbacks on the field this week. Mm-hmm. I bet you Mitch Trubisky will be started in some leagues this week that you were playing in. I know be. that sounds crazy, but you've got, think about if, if you have no Deshaun Watson, you'd have PJ Walker against Clayton Toon. Mm-hmm. You might have Tommy DeVito against Jimmy Garoppolo. You want any part of that yeah. one right now? Nope. Nope. I mean, to think like, about some of the quarterbacks. Your, like, Zach Wilson. Look, look, look up the bios on these guys. Of who are these people you're talking right, about? Right. We will discuss this a whole lot more tomorrow when we dive into our full like week nine initial look. The theme of week nine as it pertains to quarterbacks as it goes from good to ugly very quickly. That drop-off is precipitous, and it happens a lot earlier in our rankings than it normally does. Four guys that would have been in the middle of those rankings, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, Russell Wilson, (laughs) and Trevor Lawrence, all on a bye. Last last week, uh, 25% of the starting, in week eight when everybody was playing, 25% of the starting quarterbacks were uh, backups. Wow. And then that number increased during the course of, of, the, yeah. of, yeah. The, of the week. So, so yeah. w- when you take away four teams, I'm really curious. I haven't done the math yet, but it's got to be more than a quarter of the league. I mean, I'm telling you, like, there's like nine quarterbacks I feel good about this week. <laughs> it's really bad. Nine really, might be a lot, really too. It's yes. more like seven to I know. me. Yeah. So that means somebody in every league, if you're talking about a 10-team league, will be starting will somebody, be starting that, somebody like, that they're like, I'm not going to look. I'm just going to plug it in <laughs> yes, and look yes, away. Yes, do it. Yeah. Yes, yep. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, Stefania, we got options if you want to run out and potentially grab Kyler Murray. Tell us about his potential return. Uh, Well, a little weird in terms of the language that's coming out of Arizona, but let's just start with Kyler Murray coming back from his ACL injury and obviously was put in the practice windows. They had 21 days to activate him. Um, Doesn't mean they have to play him right away once he's activated, but it means he becomes, uh, he takes up a spot on the active roster, but apparently looks good. And it's always the same story with guys coming off ACL. How do they feel when they're out doing football activity? Are they ready to take on uh, defenses, opposing defenses, not the ones they face in practice that aren't going to touch them, but people who are really trying to chase them down and tackle them to the ground. And with Kyler Murray being a runner, 
it's probably going to take a little longer for him to look like pre-injury Kyler Murray. That being said, he is getting close to a return, and you get the vibe from Arizona. They feel that way. Now, it sounded like a lot of us talking in the background really felt like Week 10 would be when we would see Kyler Murray, and I still kind of feel that way. Week 10, they face Atlanta. Felt like a good way for him to get off the ground as opposed to Week 9, where they face Cleveland. Very tough defense. Might not be where he wanted to reintroduce Kyler Murray to full contact football. Uh, that being said, uh, Field, you just referenced it. At Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon mm-hmm. starting, baby. Yeah, I was I was surprised that they are not going were. back to Josh Dobbs for this upcoming weekend. Uh, my first instinct was maybe they have a trade in the offing for Josh Dobbs to some other yes, team by the deadline today at 4 p.m. Uh, if you're listening to this show after 4 p.m. Eastern time, you either know that that was a very dumb comment by me or a very <laughs> prescient <laughs> comment by me. Um, but I was surprised. I mean, I, I my, the only logical thought that I had was that they want to get some sort of exposure of Clayton Toon. They are expecting Kyler Murray back in week 10. So this is their one their week one window chance to, to see. see him in action prior to Kyler's return. But uh, we'll talk more about Kyler in just a few minutes during the waiver wire section. Yes, we will. Also, speaking of this, the Cardinals currently have the first overall pick in the 2024 yeah, NFL draft. That's yeah. going to be a decision they're going to have to make as to what they want to do there. All right, Stefania, another quarterback. Apparently, we're just talking about quarterbacks here. Yeah. Daniel well, Jones. This one we might just be... gave you the stats for how everybody all You're right. hurt, right? Daniel Jones. Yeah. This one's a, a little bit more positive, though. Cleared to return, has been dealing with a neck injury. How are you feeling about Daniel Jones in week nine? Uh, iffy, you know, iffy. In, in the sense, like, let's... Be honest, we think he's going to play, but how is he going to look when he plays? This is a neck injury that he's been dealing with for several weeks. The story with last week was that he it was already decided he was not going to start. He wasn't cleared for contact until Sunday when he had a doctor's visit that then allowed him to be cleared for contact. So people okay. wondering a little bit on the timing of that. Uh, but, you know, we knew he was doing some activity but just not ready to be out on a football field and I think it's legitimate I mean a neck injury he's had this before um you know it sounded like disc nervy because he was getting spread of pain from his neck down to his shoulder and the team wants to be cautious with that and I understand it but what's he going to look like when he returns are we getting Daniel Jones that we had before injury do we have any better protection for him are we going to see the same things we saw before Tyrod Taylor remember uh, left and went to the hospital and was actually kept overnight um, at the hospital with a rib injury himself. So I do expect Daniel Jones back, but um, I, if I'm being honest, I don't know what to expect in terms of when we see him on the field. So another reason why I'm telling you, there's like nine quarterbacks that I <laughs> yeah, want to start. Not a way. lot, unfortunately. All right. And it's his teammate too, a guy that we got to talk about. Darren Waller has another dreaded hamstring injury. Recidivism here on these hamstrings to find Listen to you. I am so proud. Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I mean, not only you you listen. I try. I try. Don't just download. Not just a pretty face. Okay. Uh, So Darren Waller, I had not been particularly worried about the hamstring because coming into the season, even though it was uh, listed next to his name throughout the preseason, he was very open in terms of talking about this being a chronic issue related to the hamstring injury he had last year, Mm -hmm. which certainly once you have a significant hamstring injury that costs you multiple weeks, that gets you on IR plus additional missed time, you know there's going to be some scar tissue there. And that scar tissue is not as flexible as your original hamstring. So when you have a history of these injuries, you are more predisposed to recurrence. But the type of thing he was experiencing in the preseason early on was not like an acute hamstring strain where you tear it or it's sharp pain. It was more the tightness associated with this. Sure. And they've been managing it pretty well. And in fact, his limited practices during the week spoke to that. So when that was the conversation, he didn't feel any different. They were doing the same types of things coming into this game. But, hey, it can always happen. And mm-hmm. after, I think he had four targets, had one catch on four targets, something like that, and he ends up leaving the game early, then ruled out and did, in fact, uh, suffer setback with his hamstring injury. So going forward, it's hard to know how to project this. But I think there's now more reason to be concerned than there was the first half of the season. Yeah, unfortunately ruled out. And then after that, Saquon Barkley just touched the ball on literally every single play that mm. the Giants offense ran 40 after 40 opportunities that. last week for it Saquon. Was unreal. All right, we got one more player we want to talk about, Stefania, and that's Drake London. Left this game in the second half against the Titans. What can you tell us about him? 
groin injury. I mean, ah, my finger. I knew that was coming. Scared me Again, too. So proud. Oh, gosh. Uh, look, not your favorite when it's a wide receiver. These are the, the kind of the core groin, hamstring, all of those soft tissue injuries that can be nothing or it can be something that turns into several weeks. So it's a big watch what he is able to do in practice and see, which is disappointing because we finally feel like we're seeing a I little know. bit more of Drake London. Yep. but. I don't know. We could get into a Raiders-style discussion about the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, well, we sure could. Uh, and they were kind of the motivation for that, <laughs> yeah. that, that Raiders thoughts yeah. earlier. Uh, by the way, the Falcons are going to announce tomorrow who will be starting for them on mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, peculiar would be one way of describing uh, the situation right now because Here's it kind. was made very clear that Desmond Ritter cleared concussion protocol. Yep. He did not return to the game after clearing concussion protocol, Mm. but it was not for performance reasons. I'm not smart enough to figure out what that means, but the fact that they are not committing to a quarterback until Wednesday tells you that even if Desmond Ritter is healthy, they are thinking about a quarterback change because of performance, which, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I test. I test. That would would be logical based off how things have shaken out so far this season for that Falcons offense with him under center. I just want them to use the young superstars they have. That's it. I just, can we just. I think Taylor Heineke would help a little bit. I I, do. And and that's not based off, as I said on Monday's show, that's not based off of what we saw on Sunday when he threw for 175 yards. That's based off what we've seen from Taylor Heineke as a starter for multiple seasons prior to this in Washington, where it may not have always been pretty. And there is a little bit of that Ryan Fitzpatrick YOLO style (laughs) to it, where he'll have just an ungodly interception that you're like, what were you thinking? But it also might be matched by a day in which he throws for 325 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, sometimes that's how it's going to work. Yeah. I love that. All right, let's dive into week nine waivers and understanding that we've got all of this injury information under our belt, making sure that you've got to find a guy, especially at the quarterback position. That might be one of the spots you are trying to be able to find a streamer this week if you've got someone on a bye or one of these injured quarterbacks. Let's start at the top of the quarterback spot field. It's got to be Sam Howell for me, rostered in only 30% of fantasy leagues. And here's the big thing for me over the last five weeks. It's his pass attempts. He is throwing the ball so much. 41 attempts, 51 attempts, only 23 against Atlanta, but he had that three touchdown, 150 yard game. Yeah. There. Then 42 attempts against the Giants and 52 attempts against Philly. It doesn't always look good, but when you have a quarterback that you need as a streamer that is throwing the ball that much, it yep. just gives you more opportunities here within this commander's offense. It does. It certainly does. So let's talk. I, I agree with you that for week nine, he is my favorite of the available quarterbacks to consider. So uh, he will be right around like quarterback 12 or 13 for me this week and if you're saying well if you like him so much then why is he still quarterback 12 or 13 in a week in which you don't necessarily like the quarterback board there are a couple of problems here one is the matchup the Patriots defense obviously uh, is always going to be extremely well coached and the personnel even without their two best players is still good enough right like they have played fairly competent defense not dominant, but competent defense, even without Christian Gonzalez and Matthew Judon. But the second thing is that other than the Giants, like there were, there was the super efficient game against Atlanta, the games in which you were referencing, it's like, oh, we're playing down big to Philadelphia, or at least up big and then down to Philadelphia, I should say. Like he had to throw the ball 42 times last week. He did. Not just because <laughs> the team was at one point trailing, but also because you can't run the ball against Philly. I don't think this is going to be a game that is... 31-28 on Sunday in Foxborough. This might be more of a 24-21 type game. So it was a little bit lower, still a streaming option for sure, and still of the guys available, my favorite. Outside of that, though, there is another guy. We'll talk about Kyler Marine in a second, but I think the other conversation has got to be about Will Levis, right? You saw this for one week. <laughs> it's like this guy comes in, yeah. 26.6 fantasy points, find DeAndre Hopkins, it makes him be involved in this game. But how much are you trusting a second round rookie quarterback in week nine after his first start. I mean, is he worth adding because of what you saw? Or is this one of those things where you as a fantasy manager in a 10 or 12 team league, would rather see it more before you use a roster spot. I think there are superior options for week nine in a 10 or 12 team league than Will Levis. But I also get that the the pickings are very slim. So again, there will be a lot of people that are starting Will Levis this week in part because of that. And in part because he did certainly pass the eye test in a lot of ways in week eight, his first ever start. It was basically throw the football down the field and hopefully good things happen. A lot of good things happened. It's also a matchup that if they can somehow protect Will Levis, they've got a chance as well because this Pittsburgh defense has really struggled against perimeter corners. Mike Clay told us 
all about that on Sunday's fantasy football. Now, yep. moreover, Will Evans did have seven rushing attempts on Sunday. They went for just 11 yards, but he has enough mobility to eat up some yards with his legs as well. So he's just behind Sam Howell in terms of my preferred options amongst the quarterbacks on waivers for week nine. Yeah. We'll talk that. more about him, obviously, on Thursday show because they play against the Steelers short week. Uh, playing against either Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky. DeAndre Hopkins rediscovered yes. with Will Levis. Seriously. <laughs> Just saying, you know, I could he see might be rooting for him. Will Levis, especially in uh, maybe a 16-team league, the War Room League, I could see somebody having to use someone like Will Levis this week with all Wouldn't those guys. Wouldn't surprise me if Will Levis just started in that league. Yeah. No, I was just going to say with Ryan Tannehill, obviously still being out with the ankle injury, yeah. I just wonder at what point they might be like, eh, you know, they see a couple games like this from Will Levis if it sort of becomes ready to turn. The well, page. I think it worked out perfectly for this reason. If Will Levis, if Will Levis keeps playing well and they start winning games, you're not going to pull the plug. Right. If Will Levis does not play that well and they lose games, you say to yourself, would it be more valuable for us to continue to evaluate Will for the remaining five, six games of the season? Yeah. As opposed to bringing Ryan Tannehill back to make a push to go like seven and 10 to that to playoffs. me would not make a whole lot of sense. So would it stun me if this is a fairly prolonged stretch here for Will Levis under center while you're trying to figure out this Titans quarterback situation. Can you figure out what the Cardinals are going to do with Kyler Murray as well? Feel cause like I, they, they got to bring him back for a reason. Yeah. I think Stefania was on the spot there. Week 10 seems to be the, uh, I wouldn't call it a deadline, but it seems to be the target date here for Kyler Murray to make his season debut. And you know, there was a time maybe like four or five weeks ago and it felt like things were largely going well for quite a few quarterbacks. We still had Anthony Richardson on the field and guys were performing a bit better or it was early enough in the year, which you told yourself like someone like Trevor Lawrence is going to figure it out. Right. Right. Deshaun Watson is going to figure it out. Right. Daniel Jones will figure it out. Right. And I would have said, you know, when he does return, is it really worth rostering Kyler Murray if he's going to be quarterback 17 or 18 in our weekly ranks? Now, <laughs> Kyler Murray for week 10, even if we don't know how much he's going to run, he he's, might be a top 12 might, quarterback option right say, away. He might enter in the top 10 or and 12. Do not forget, no Patrick Mahomes, no Jalen Hurts, mm -hmm. no Tua Tungo Vailoa in week 10. So wow. three, and that's, there's no Matthew Stafford as well, which he might not be available because of health anyways, but I would be thinking about grabbing Kyler Murray right now. At the worst, he is a piece that you can play defense with, right? You grab him and prevent somebody else from grabbing him, and then you could potentially architect a trade. And I've said this a hundred times, Field. Yeah. But I'm going to say it one more time. Still on the PUP list, which means right now, when you grab him off of waivers, you can throw him into your IR spot and let him sit there until you need to use him for a little bit so you're not even taking up a bench spot on him. Surprised he's available in that many. Years. I am too. Every single one of my fantasy leagues, he is not available, Stefania. So 70% <laughs> of leagues that he's available in is not, they're just not any of the leagues <laughs> I play in. So we got to make sure you go out. Please go out and grab Kyler Murray. He needs to be rostered. All right, let's talk about some wide receivers here. Seems like the guy maybe that's going to lead this list is different than the guy that I would want field because when I look at Brandon Cooks, yep. to me, he's the guy 14 or more fantasy points each, each of the last two weeks. Gotten in the end zone two straight weeks. Here's the thing that makes me nervous about mm. Brandon Cooks. Can I tell you? Please do. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go through his targets starting in the week, week one. Oh, it's oh, I, I know the theme here. <laughs> All right. Week one, four yep. targets. Week two did not play. Week three, yep. seven targets. You love to see that. And then what? And then week four, four targets. Yep. Week five, four targets. Week six, four targets. Yeah. Week seven, bye. Mm. Week eight, four, four targets. Yeah, I'm noticing a trend there, yeah. right? How are you going to go out and want to, like, I realize that Brandon Cooks got in the end zone twice. That's what's given him this kind of volume or yep. given him this production. But there is no volume here with Brandon Cooks inside this offense. Is this somebody that in spite of the limited volume, you would want to add off a waiver because you think better days are ahead with how they've used him recently? Uh, I think that, I think this, Daniel. I looked at the players available on waivers and we're going to go through the rest of the receivers. <laughs> and you didn't feel good about it. And you're going to say to yourself, is he perfect? Far from it. But is there anybody on this list that you're like, bam, baby, we got this. That's the guy. Right? So at yeah. some point, and just a reminder to people that I think most people that listen to our show are mindful of this. Like at some point, absent further injuries, the well is just going to dry up on the waiver wire. Mm -hmm. Right? There's, I mean, there are only so many Puka Nakua's that come across not even every year, but like every few years. We're halfway through the season, more than halfway through the fantasy regular season. 
there aren't that many surefire waiver ads that you are going to be able to find right now. So Cooks is fine. By the way, Dak Prescott looking a lot better over the past two weeks. They play Philly in week nine. That's a vulnerable secondary. Things like that are enough reason to add Brandon Cooks right now, especially when we read the remainder three names, yeah. remaining three <laughs> names that we have on our sheet as it pertains to waiver wire ads a wide receiver. All right. So the other three names we're talking about, we got Rashid Shahid. This guy is the master of big play, but oh, again, no it. volume. It's just very limited volume. This would be, to me, Rashid Shahid is emblematic of the perfect daily fantasy play. Yeah. I would hate the idea of having to trust him week in and week out because while he might get you three catches for 181 yards and a touchdown, he also might get you three catches. No, one catch for 21 yards, right? Yep. That to me is, is so I, I am huge fan of the player. What he's become for the Saints, he's just so fun to watch. But for fantasy, there are definitely better options. The next two names, I think, included on that list. Uh, you got Quinton Johnston, rostered in 31% of leagues. That one's kind of interesting. Uh, you know what? This was last week. Week yeah. 8 was his first game with more than three targets this season. You started to see him get a little bit more involved, Finally, Stefania. I've been waiting for this to happen. I actually really liked him as a prospect, but yeah. they've been really comfortable with a lot of volume to Keenan Allen, which you can understand why, because yes. he's Mr. Reliable. But I think a lot of us sort of thought with Mike Williams down, we'd see a little bit more of Quentin Johnston. Yep. And we saw him more than Josh Palmer on Sunday night, which was important. Maybe tied to the fact that Palmer is battling through a knee injury right right now. And he, of course, left the game briefly for that. But sometimes when a player gets an opportunity and performs okay, that can lead to more opportunities. So uh, Quentin Johnston, a a deeper league consideration as well. He was the 20, what, 22nd? There were four receivers taken. 20, 21, 22, 23. 23. I believe it went, I know it went Jackson Smith and Jigba first. Then I believe it went 21 Quentin Johnston, 22 Zay Flowers, 23 Jordan Addison. So a 21st overall pick, a worthwhile waiver ad. But maybe not as much as the next guy on our list, Daniel. Yeah, you've been talking weird. about him. Pop, Pop Douglas. Yeah. Why do we call him Pop? Do you know uh, where that nickname came from? Don't know where the nickname came from. I don't know, from. but it sounds like old school football, and I just want to trust him <laughs> because his name yeah. is Pop Douglas. You're right. Yeah. So Pop has been, uh, the Patriots uh, obviously are very short on receivers. Well, and they and lost Kendrick Bourne, Bourne yep, out for the year now because of an ACL. Yeah. So, very sad. Um, Former 49ers. Yeah, going into free agency. You hate to see that for a player. Uh, Hopefully he still gets paid somewhere. Um, But the Patriots obviously have a a very notable track record of not drafting receivers well for the past decade. Pop Douglas looks the part. You watch the games. It's not simply, I don't think I simply like Pop Douglas because he leads the Patriots in receiver snaps last week. It's because he looks like a pretty darn good player. And for an offense that is looking for answers, um, they need to get the football to this player more. Yep. So in a deeper league, certainly a consideration. Touchdown equity is going to be hard for him to come by. I don't know if he scored a touchdown yet this season, but I like Pop Douglas enough uh, that if you're looking for the chance to see a weekly target share, how about a weekly target count that goes like between six and eight? I think Pop Douglas fits the bill. I do. At that point, if you need somebody there, like it, it feels a little less exciting field because adding a guy like Pop Douglas off of a Patriots team that is struggling doesn't feel quite as exciting, right? But you're talking about opportunity within this offense. And by the way, their schedule softens up a little bit defensively. I've talked about this, uh, I think, in recent weeks. Like The Jets and the Patriots are due to not play a top-five defense for like the, I don't know, like the ninth consecutive week, it feels like. Yep, yep. Which is not possible actually but you but get the point I, yeah. get, I get what you're saying let's talk about some running backs chuba hubbard rostered in 43 percent of leagues field yates yep here's the thing that's been great about yeah. chuba hubbard yeah it's just volume yeah, i mean that's that's, right. that's the only thing that's really felt great if you ask me about chuba hubbard last couple of weeks 14 carries two touches then against detroit nine and one not what you wanted but against miami nine carries one reception then against houston 15 carries two receptions he's getting work here in this backfield he has been a guy that at least has been involved within this and he's at least a little bit of a pass catcher if you need a running back yeah i guess you can look at chuba hubbard the problem for me is there's nobody on this waiver wire list at running back that you want to add this so we are not contractually obligated to discuss a waiver wire segment surrounding running backs every week but it feels like you kind of have a responsibility to do so. And there are just so few options right now. So yes, Chuba Hubbard, who uh, here's the, the logic that I will use. He is now the starting running back for a team. There you go. Miles Sanders is no loss. He is third string. It's the Chuba Hubbard show. Now, how much value does that have? How much value did Miles Sanders have when he was the clear cut starter in Carolina? The answer is not much. So 
Um, I would say that Chuba Hubbard has a chance to be a flex option, especially when we hit weeks like next week. Sure. And this week, and this week as well. Sure. And you've got four teams on a buy. And we do have another week coming around the corner with six teams on a buy. Yeah. Yep. And Carolina's already had theirs, so you have potentially um, the remaining, what, 10 weeks, including this one, for Chuba Hubbard to for be Chuba. available for 10 more weeks. Okay. Like that, yeah. I, I was I go, just looking at Miles Sanders fantasy point production. Oh, Stefania, like, why was it point two points this past week? Well, it was zero. Oh, zero. Yeah. Okay. I thought he got well, one carry he, for two he, yards. He had uh, two carries for zero yards. I mean, he's done. Toast. Yeah, Bye-bye. but I mean, so thirteen point eight fantasy points week one, then seven point seven, then seventeen point two week three. So you're starting to think. Look, starting people to feel drafted good. him as a starting running yeah, back. Was great that, yeah, yep. and then six point two fantasy points. 3.2 fantasy oh. points against your Detroit Lions, and he gets hurt again with a shoulder injury, doesn't play by, and then zero. So definitely, it's, it's bizarre. They brought him there to the fanfare of you expected him to be the starting him guy. Good money. It, yeah, it wasn't a million Until dollar the Jonathan deal for Taylor you. deal, it was the best running back contract probably at the offseason. Four years, 25 million bucks, or like 13 and a half guaranteed. Wow. Wow. Yikes. On that note, and we do not have this guy on our, our list. I just want to mention him really quickly. Jeff Wilson Jr. rostered in under 50% of leagues. When does Devon H. Hand come back as a part of this? Week 11 is week eligible. Week 11. And they okay. have a buy in week 10. So you're so talking about one, one more week, week of, of Jeff, Jeff Wilson, Wilson Jr. Are you going to play him based off what you've seen so far? Don't Probably think so. Um, I thought he'd get more run this past week. I was yep. a little surprised. All right. Last one here. Leonard Fournetteville? I think we can pass yeah, on this one. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's yeah. one of those things. Like even in the, Lenny. like if you're in like a. Which a, version of Lenny are we getting? <laughs> uh, week one, probably not the version yeah, that we want. It feels like <laughs> just not. insurance yeah. for them. Let's talk tight ends then, because I feel like there's one guy that it seems obvious to me, especially after this week. Although mm. now I got a con- question at the quarterback position. Trey McBride looked fantastic for the Cardinals this week. Do we think that Clayton Toon is going to be able to find him in the same way that Josh Dobbs was? I would probably have a little bit less confidence, <laughs> even though Josh Dobbs is not some like Joe Montana back there but what i do love is 14 targets and if kyler murray is, is expected back potentially in week 10 i mean that right there is certainly an upgrade over josh Dobbs as a player so i think trey mcbride needs to be added in a bunch of leagues like that him as a top 10 uh, tight end for week nine you know part of that is of course the depth of the position has not been particularly impressive at all once again this season but zach Ertz is out for at least three more games Trey McBride is getting all the targets to that tight end spot. Yep. Absolutely an ad right now. Uh, one more reminder for those that didn't listen yesterday. He won the Mackey Award, which is given every year to the best tight end in college football two years ago while at Colorado State. How about Taysom Hill? Are we in on Taysom Hill? Taysom Hill, he's uh, him and Rashid <laughs> Jaheed really are the perfect. They're like buddy cops. in New Orleans. Oh, my gosh. Like, they you are. You don't know when it's going to happen. But when it does, you regret the fact that you're either playing against those players yes. or he's on your bench. Yeah. Yes. But you have double digit fans. They're best ball players. Those are best, oh, you know, totally. those are best ball players. We talk about best ball very infrequently on this show. But if you play best ball, you don't have to worry about who to start or who to sit each week. Those are the leagues in which you make the uh, late round investment in Taysom Hill or Rashid Shahid. All right, then I'm going to go through this really quickly. Field, yep. understanding that a lot of this has to do with roster construction. If you're adding one quarterback off of the waiver wire this week because you need someone, would it be Sam Howell, Kyler Murray, or Will Levis? Understanding Kyler's not going to play this week. Week nine specific, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. All right, and then Kyler Murray, we do think needs to be added, especially because yep. you can throw him in your IR spot for the future. What about at wide receiver? We talked Brandon Cooks, Rashid Shaheed, Quinton Johnston, and Pop Douglas. Which one would you prioritize? Brandon Cooks, best quarterback, best offense. Best offense there. Uh, best offense. I think there's a debate between he, uh, between Dak Prescott. I think Justin Herbert might have the nod there. Just a better a quarterback, bit. but you like the offense there. Yeah, All right. I think Dak is oftentimes underappreciated. Uh, running back, hopefully you don't have to add anyone. But if you do, it's Chuba Hubbard. Yeah. And then at tight end, it seems very obvious that, again, it's going to be Trey McBride with the volume that he got here. Yep from the running Agreed. back position. All right. Oof, running back. Yes. We're going to talk about players that are heating up in just a moment. But first, guys, no matter what team you are rooting for, there is one thing that we can all agree on. Football season brings us together. A connection like that deserves to be celebrated with a light beer that just, that's a, excuse me, that's just as great. And at just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you want to celebrate with all season long. Because with a Miller Lite in your hand, Football doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time, guys. It's Miller time all season long. From kickoff to the final whistle, you can't go wrong with a Miller light in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like beer? 
Light on calories, not on taste. It's only got 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce servings with a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You can get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you can feel it in your heart. Make it Miller time all season long. Get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash FFF, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus. Now it's yeah, time baby. for heating up. Brought to you by Popeyes. I can get that smell. Mm-hmm. I got chicken strips. So hungry. I can smell it right now. Those Cajun <laughs> fries, they always smell so good. Feel that there's one person we're talking about heating up. Yeah. It's got to be Dalton Kincaid, this tight end at a position where we need consistency. This dude has looked fantastic over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, the past two weeks he has been great. He had eight catches in week seven. And then this past week he finds the end zone for the first time. He finishes a top five tight end in week nine week eight excuse me he's got 15 targets over the past two games and with Dawson Knox out that is only going to increase the opportunities for uh, Dalton Kincaid by the way he was the only healthy and available tight end for Buffalo in week eight on Thursday night football so we just talked about Trey McBride being one of our favorite waiver ads of the week he is replacing the spot that was held by Dalton Kincaid yep, last week. Exactly. I'm happy that the masses jumped on Dalton Kincaid. He is a potential top eight tight end the rest of the way. Hopefully Trey McBride is the subject of this conversation a week from now, but Kincaid with no Dawson Knox and the fact that the bills I think are starting to realize that they can't exclusively rely on trying to like chucking it deep all the time. We need to define ways to just sort of like piece together and shrink together first downs. The underneath stuff's going to go to going to go to Dalton Kincaid. Super reliable. Could pile up five to six catches a game for the rest of the season, or at least until Dawson Knox is back. He's got wrist surgeries on IR for at least three more games. And I say at least very intentionally. Yeah. Is that a thing? Do you know with wrist surgery when I'm dealing with stuff like that? There's about 50 different combinations of wrist surgery. So So without many more specifics, hard to know. Dalton Kincaid, even though he's been added in enough leagues to field Mm -hmm. and Stefania both. Still available in almost 40% of ESPN leagues. I would take a look yeah. there. Yeah, go take a look. I mean, that's a just to see. Like, I mean, if you're part of those 40% of leagues, he's as valuable as any player other than Kyler Murray on waiver wires this week. I think so, too. I'm with you on that. And then especially within this Bills offense, understanding the way that they like to utilize that tight end position, knowing there's only one of them. Now we were wanting to find ways to just funnel into one tight end mm. rather than two, which it didn't come through an injury, unfortunately, Stefania, but still very Happens. excited yeah. for Dalton Kincaid oh. being able to do this all right field help us pay some more bills before we close this one out all right daniel i would do exactly that sorry let me shuffle my papers around geico asks how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance of course you would and when it comes to great rates on insurance geico can help like with insurance for your car truck motorcycle boat and rv even help with homeowners or renters coverage plus at an easy to use mobile app available 24 hour roadside assistance and more and geico is an easy choice switch today and see all the ways you could save it's easy simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today all right back out here and we're going to close this one up looking at a few week eight performances they are trick or treat whether or not we think they are treats that are going to continue or they are tricks where it's just a one week aberration here let's start with Jahan dotson okay go ahead field aberration I did. aberration did i say aberration yeah you did uh, but aberration. Anyway, aberration is aberration, aberration a word aberration. i don't know yeah. is it uh-huh. is it okay yeah all right aberration, aberration is aber ab- Aberration is a word. Okay. Aberration is not a word. Aberration, though. Aberration is, a word. is the word that you meant, and I knew what you meant. You just needed to get, I just the needed a to to get that in there. out there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Jahan Dotson has one game where he scored at least 20 fantasy points so far is it this aberration year. Aberration or treat? It <laughs> feels more like aberration. It feels more like aberration to me. Stefania, where are you at with on this one with Jahan Dotson, understanding that they got New England this week? I think I'm encouraged by it. I say go. I I think it's the treat is supposed to mean that it's a continue, which is weird because in my mind, these are sort of flip flop because a treat feels like something you only get once in a while. Yeah. Um, And I get Ah, tricked all the time. Oh, I see what you're saying. I have to like reverse the psychology here. Right. Um, I'll go trick. Oh, sorry. But I'll go treat. Okay. Okay. I'll go trick because the volume's been awesome for Sam Howell so far this season, and it's not been good for Jahan Dodson. So I hope that I'm so wrong on this. But Me too. But he 
loved him a while. I just think that he needs to rekindle the love, and maybe a performance like this will do it. I hope so, but he 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 may have loved him for a while, except for from like weeks one through seven, which he did not I, love him at all. He did love him in the preseason, and I don't know what happened. Yeah, how about? You can't ignore Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. You can't do both of them, right? Please don't. Please don't. How about Devontae Smith, Field Yates? Uh, maybe you can because he loves Logan Thomas. Sorry. This is a trick uh, for Devontae Smith as well. Just a second game with over 20 fantasy points this season. They played the Cowboys uh, in Week 9, a much sturdier opponent than the uh, Commanders this past week. So a trick for me on Devontae Smith. But the Stars did align nicely this past week against Washington. Yeah, I think the numbers gap between him and A.J. Brown has grown really this grown. year and so i think it's a trick as well dallas in week nine and then a bye in week 10 coming up after that all right what about tyler lockett tyler lockett feels like a trick to me as well given the fact that i don't even know how to be able to feel right. about this it's seahawks neither, offense. it's neither a trick nor a treat it's because it's tyler, tyler lockett, lockett. It's tyler right? lockett. <laughs> it was like that this is the definition of tyler lockett yes. so correct you know shame on you if you don't know that by now oh, <laughs> oh wow yep. wow what about Javante Williams then? How about yeah. this guy? Because we've been waiting to see Javante Williams come back and be able to do something for our fantasy lineup. Yeah, big trick. time. Really? Yeah. Oh, big time treat for me. You think it's trick? You, you go first. I, just because I don't think the Denver offense is going to support the Javante Williams performances from here going forward. I think a treat because 30 touches is just ridiculous. And he completely dominated those touches relative to Jaleel McLaughlin and Samaje Ryan, who were relegated to pretty much, I mean, we're talking... Not mop-up duty, because I guess they did win, but it wasn't like a total blowout the entire way, uh, but a very, very small role for those two players. Make this a treat for Javante Williams. 30 touches for Javante Williams, yep. six for Jaleel McLaughlin. Not sustainable. And three for <laughs> Samaji P. Ryan. So that's a tough one. Yeah. How about Dak I Prescott? We talked about Dak Prescott. What did, you, what did you weigh in on Javante I'm, For Javante? Yeah. I, I would I would say more treat than trick because I do like the volume, but the the problem for me within this offense is that I don't think the Broncos are going to be very good, so well, I don't think it, that the whole treat thing is that it's going to continue. So you think it continues? I think there no? is. I think he's going to continue to be the guy within that backfield. That to me is the that, important. I part. think because thirty touches a game is not going to happen. But if it's eighteen to twenty-one, you take that for Javante Williams ten times out of ten. You're a little loose. We're playing a little loose and fast with the rules here. I okay. think is what it is. is. <laughs> Let's talk Dak Just Prescott. Checking. Dak Prescott's another guy, man. Field, like, are you in on him, especially here in week nine? Treat, trick or treat? Treat week nine. Love him against the Eagles. He's Is that because you hate confidence. everyone else in week nine? Is that why? No, no. I mean, it's it's been a good matchup, right? Sam, I'll just carve this Eagles defense up, right? I think this is a treat for Dak Prescott. They're playing in Philadelphia, but uh, Dak has been playing lights out football yeah. over the past two weeks. This is a treat for me. Yeah, I think Dak is trending upward. I think he's, he's running more. Like, he just feels like he's playing freer and mm. looser, and that is actually better for his style of play. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. All right, and last one, we got Baker Mayfield. Threw the ball 42 times yep. last week. Field trick or treat? <laughs> this is a treat. Now, it's specific to streaming uh, whenever your quarterback's on a bye. But, yeah, I like Baker Mayfield. He's been solid this season. Now, part of it is the pieces around him. But uh, Baker has, like, we've seen Baker have fantasy relevance in the past. It's yep. not like he has a ton of rushing value, but a little bit sprinkled in here. The chance for touchdowns is very real. They're going to throw it a lot. I like Baker Mayfield. This is a treat to me. Yeah, I think so too. Option treat. He's a high volume passer. He always has been. Mm. So I think uh, in this offense and things starting to move a little, they're they're a weird team in that we didn't really know what to expect, right? We didn't know what to expect from Baker. We didn't know what to expect from the receivers. Remember where people had Mike Evans ranked the start of the season? It was like like nobody wanted him on a team. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, yeah, Mike Evans, that guy. Well, Baker Mayfield's discovered him too. So Yeah. uh, yeah, I think this is a treat. This one is taken on Houston this week. So that one will be like if you're looking for quarterbacks and we talked about how thin the quarterback position is this week specifically, not someone, uh, excuse me, somebody that you could potentially look at as a streaming yeah. option. All right. We're going to be back tomorrow field. You, me, Mike Clay. We're going to dive into a bunch of rankings. Stefania, we're going to see you back on Friday to give us a whole big of a huge injury update as you always do. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Have fun with Halloween tonight. Please be safe. Make sure you wear reflective vests or you've got like uh, flashlights or something so that you're safe out there on the roads. If you're in the Northeast, make sure you wear your coat over top of your costume. No one wants to see your costume. It's going to be 40 degrees, so we need to make sure that you have your coat on. Yeah, and if somebody offers you whoppers, take those whoppers and then send them to the person that beat you in fantasy this past week. Say congratulations to the win. Here's a bucket of whoppers. I'm psyched. I'm getting a bunch of whoppers. Oh, wow. Stefania from the top row. We didn't even play each other this That's past so week, good. We? I know, but uh, it was everybody a good joke. out there. That's right. That's right. <laughs>
All right, we love you guys. Don't forget to love each other. Take care of yourself. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Have fun tonight. I did have a big win in the war room. Like you did? Like. Oh, yeah? yeah. Well, the war oh, room is the league that you want to win. You're in third place now, aren't I you? I think so. Yeah. Wow. It's a 16 team league. I'm oh, not sure if you're aware. I've never heard that. No. <laughs> got a smile that'll melt your heart she's always there to lend a helping hand her fantasy knowledge is just the start her skills are highly in demand she's our bay area lady out there hustling for us with advice that we really trust Bay Area lady Always there to help She's not a cone She's your favorite gal She's the fun you've been